Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. Do you ever procrastinate? Based on our own experiences, we're going to guess that the answer is yes. Procrastination is an almost universal experience. Why do we procrastinate? What forms does our procrastination take? And most importantly, what are some steps we can take to tackle procrastination? Today, we're talking about our old nemesis, procrastination. Welcome to season two of the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve. Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life. Today, we'll start our discussion of procrastination with the famous and funny words of Ellen DeGeneres. Procrastinate now. Don't put it off. We can't put this conversation off any longer because procrastination is something we'd all like to avoid, but it's definitely something we need to discuss. At the risk of making me feel ineffective or even unprofessional, I'm going to go ahead and admit that I have been known to procrastinate. Thinking about procrastination made me wonder about when I most procrastinate and why I might be procrastinating. I'm definitely a person who has goals, agendas, and scheduling skills. I can get things done. On the other hand, there are things in my life I have procrastinated on, sometimes for years. Michelle, I can 100% relate, as probably many of our listeners can too. In some tasks, I am super efficient. I can sometimes even surprise myself by how much I can get done off my to-do list in a day. But there are other tasks I will admit I have been putting off for weeks, months, or in some cases, even years. As I was digging into this topic, I was curious about when and why I procrastinate. So I thought, well, I'll look into it. I made a list of a few of the things that I procrastinate over. Some are small and some things are bigger. For example, I procrastinate with grading papers when I know they are long and that I will have to give a lot of feedback. I often give a lot of feedback on written work and it takes a long time. I know it's going to be very consuming. And if I have a lot of them, yep, I'm going to try to put that off. I also procrastinate when I'm working on an outline for our podcast if I'm not inspired by a topic. I want it to be both useful and inspiring to our listeners. Sometimes I just have nothing. If I can't think of anything, then I'll put it off. Usually once I get going, that's another story. That's something that I will procrastinate about. 
A third example I have is that I have a family heirloom, a chair that was handmade by my husband's great-grandfather. It is in desperate need of a makeover. It's just not useful as it is. It's currently deteriorating even further in the basement. I know that I can sand it down and refinish it and give it a new fabric cover. I have procrastinated on this for years because it's an important family piece. I'm afraid I'm not going to get it right. I am always amazed that we come up with our examples separately, but somehow we always have overlap. I also avoid correcting those long papers. Now that they're electronic, it doesn't happen quite as much, but I procrastinate on correcting and giving the students feedback because that paper stack looks so intimidating. I also avoid tasks that can't be completed in a single day, like cleaning out a closet, a big closet, where I know I'm going to have to make stacks and it's going to happen over several days. Or sorting through old clothes that no longer fit me or my children. I know that will take a long time and then I need to drive 20 minutes across town to take the extras to Goodwill. And I know I can't complete it in a day. So it just does not get done. Like you, Michelle, I also have a family heirloom that needs to be taken care of. It's a very old piece of clothing. My grandmother wore it. My mother wore it. I wore it. It's past the point that it can be worn, but it needs to be framed into a shadow box. I know that's going to involve several phone calls, specialty framing. I have been putting that off for two years now and counting. I can definitely relate with what you've said. Now that we've opened up about some of the things we procrastinate on, let's talk about why we procrastinate. Why do we procrastinate? One of the most common reasons is fear. What if it doesn't work? What will people think? What if I mess up? That's me with my husband's great grandfather's chair. What if I mess it up? Then there's perfectionism. That's a close cousin to fear. It's another part of fear. You're afraid of failure, doing something wrong, or that you can't do it perfectly, so you're not even going to start. Sometimes you procrastinate because you don't know the next steps, and you can't move forward because you need information or you need some help. Sometimes you're not inspired. This often relates to creativity. Or maybe you're waiting for the right time, or you're waiting for someone else. Many reasons for procrastination are connected to time. Maybe like in my example, you don't feel like you have enough time or potentially your time challenged and you overestimate the amount of time something will take or you underestimate the amount of time it will take. So you'll do it later. And as we know, sometimes later never comes. Lastly, a big reason for procrastination is that a task feels very large and overwhelming. As we talked about in a previous episode, we like to compare this to dishes building up in the kitchen sink. If you have one dish, it might take five minutes or less to wash it. Every time you walk by the sink, you keep thinking, I need to do that. I don't have the time. In the meantime, the dishes build up, build up, build up to the point where you're considering just burning the kitchen down and starting from scratch because now it will take so long to do so many of those dishes. Overwhelm and time are two other reasons for procrastination. Let's talk about what procrastination looks like. At its very basic level, it looks like not getting things done. But the problem is actually even bigger than that. Sometimes it looks like something productive. Procrastination is sneaky. It can take many forms. Sometimes it even disguises itself to look as if you are taking a productive and sensible measure. For example, procrastination might look like you're waiting for more time. 
I thought I needed more time to move my fall and winter clothes out of my closet and get my spring and summer things out, then get everything organized. I needed at least a half a day to do that, but I never had a whole half a day to do that. So all summer, my things got jammed in with my winter things until every single item of clothing I owned was in my closet. It was a mess. I lived with it that way all summer, digging through sweaters to find the t-shirts. Now the good news is I could just remove the summer things, but it would have been better to get a couple of tubs out and just get them out of the closet and out of the way. I could have done it in 20 minutes. Was it going to be perfect? No, but sometimes done is better than perfect. For some of us, procrastination takes the form of doing other things besides what we're supposed to be doing. For example, I like to keep busy. I don't do well with just sitting around. So for me, procrastination looks like I'm doing anything and everything except for the task that I am procrastinating about. I might paint a room or organize a dresser drawer. I might revamp that really good lesson plan to make it great because my students deserve that. When I am procrastinating, I can convince myself how important these other tasks are and how time sensitive they are. So I make sure to do them instead of the actual task that I'm procrastinating about. I'm sure you're the only one who's ever done that. (laughs) She who just spent an hour cleaning the kitchen backsplash because it needed to be done right this minute instead of something else I should have been doing. Here are some other ways that procrastination might show up. Maybe you're waiting for the right time to do something, but that right time never actually comes, so it may not get done. A related phrase is, I'll start that next week or as soon as we go back to school or, or, or. We often say, I'll start that when. You might find that you wait to do something because you need more knowledge or you feel like you need more experience or wisdom to do it. You're waiting until you're ready. This form of procrastination is self-doubt and it can keep you learning forever until you feel like you know enough. Sometimes you learn best in the process of actually doing something, and then self-doubt can turn to confidence with that positive experience. I have a great example of this. I have been procrastinating to learn how to really crochet. When my grandmother passed a few years ago, she left me crochet needles. I wanted them so badly because my grandmother taught me one stitch while she was alive. I can make a beautiful chain and I can turn it around. I can crochet back and forth and back and forth, but I don't really know all of these beautiful stitches that she knew. And I keep telling myself, I'm going to leave those crochet needles right out in my closet where I can see them so I don't forget that I want to learn to crochet. But in my mind, I feel like I don't know enough to do it. That one stitch will never be enough. I need to watch YouTube videos, need to take a tutorial. Maybe I'll join a crocheting club. I'll figure it all out. In the meantime, I probably knocked those crochet needles down five or six times, picked them up, put them back in their box, and have not learned to crochet because I just feel like I don't have enough knowledge or experience. If I just started, I would feel a lot better about it and my self-confidence would grow. Yet here I am talking about how I'm procrastinating. I'm going to have to get on that one. I think it would bring you joy to do that. So I agree. You might need to stop procrastinating with that one. And maybe you can find someone who can help you or a YouTube video or something. Procrastination might also look like endlessly scrolling social media. Before you know it, you've spent way too much time watching reels. You're watching reels about things you probably don't even care that much about. Or maybe it looks like watching television shows mindlessly and scrolling while you're mindlessly watching television. I have done that. 
it might also look like online shopping for some people because it's more fun to buy more clothes than to clean out your closet. Or maybe it's buying kitchen gadgets rather than cleaning the kitchen. Or in my own case, it's buying more books than finish all the ones I already have. I sometimes get overwhelmed by all the books I have, and then I don't even know where to start. Which one should I read next? That's another form of procrastination. You don't know where to start, so you just don't start. Maybe we should compare how high our stacks of books that we're going to read are. (laughs) Mine got so high on the nightstand this summer that I actually had to split it into two piles, which probably wasn't a good thing because now I have room to stack more books on each because they're a little bit shorter now that there's two. It's always a good thing (laughs) when you have extra room that you can put more books on. Procrastination might also show up as boredom, or maybe you're feeling restless, not feeling like doing anything. Resisting taking action makes us feel unsettled and uncomfortable, and that is often followed by general unhappiness and then guilt that we didn't do anything. Procrastination can also show up in more serious forms, like an aspiring singer who gets laryngitis the night before the big competition, or the speaker who's so afraid of speaking in public that they become physically ill and then have to cancel their speech. There are connections between our minds and our bodies, which can cause many forms of illness, which is a much more serious form of procrastination. We don't like to procrastinate, but how do we stop it? We have some ideas. Number one is to just get started. I find that this works with things like grading papers. It's not my favorite job, but I have to do it. So usually once I get started, I don't even mind it so much. And I almost always stay focused until I'm finished. Number two is to ask for help and then go do it. Sometimes you just need some help and who can help you? A third idea is if the task is large or overwhelming, just take the next step. Author Anne Lamott tells a great story in her book, Bird by Bird, which is one of my favorite books about writing. She tells the story of her brother and her dad, and they were sitting at the kitchen table. He had to write a report for school about different kinds of birds. He, of course, has waited until the very last minute, and he's upset. And he's like, I don't know, I can't do it. How am I going to do this? He's totally overwhelmed. Her dad says, okay, buddy, just take it bird by bird. I love that. And I think that's a great idea. When the task is large and overwhelming, break it down and just do the next step. A fourth tip is to ask yourself, how would a professional handle this? And then do that. We can learn a lot from professionals. We've used this story before, but we love the idea that Beyonce often lacks confidence when she goes out on stage to sing. So before she goes out, she brings up her ultra persona, Sasha Fierce. And she's like, how would Sasha Fierce go out on the stage? She goes out as Sasha Fierce, strong and confident and ready to be on stage in front of all of those people. Another idea is to ask yourself, why do you want to do this thing in the first place, the thing that you're putting off? Maybe you don't even need to do it. And if that's the case, let it go. Maybe there's someone else who would rather do it for you. Really think about the why of what you're putting off. A final suggestion is to compete only against yourself. Comparison will stop you from trying. You're not in this world to be other people. You're in this world to be the best and most unique version of yourself that you can be. Your way may be different, and that's okay. Show up for yourself and as yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. I'm going to go back to my crocheting example. 
I compare myself to my grandmother, those beautiful blankets with the flowers and all of the different shapes and knots. If I could just make a potholder, I think I'd be really happy with a potholder. And quite honestly, I need a potholder way more than I need a big crocheted blanket. So I need to stop comparing myself to her and show up as the unique self that I am who really just needs a potholder. And I could make that with my one stitch. I can't wait to see that. When Paula gets her crocheted potholder, we'll put a picture of it up on the show notes. Let's recap today's episode. We've all experienced procrastination. Procrastination is a form of self-sabotage. It will slow you down, weaken your power, and stop you from living your best life. When you recognize why you procrastinate and see the many forms it takes when it shows up, you can begin to take steps to overcome it. In true teacher fashion, we always end this podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to identify one thing that you are procrastinating doing and then take action on how you're going to address it. We won't be grading your homework, but we'd love to know how it's going. If you're making a crocheted potholder, you can send us a picture too. We'd love to see it. Or drop us a message in our email, on our Instagram, Facebook, however you'd like to reach out to us. We'd love to know how's it working out for you. Before we close today, at Inspired Together Teachers, we are on a mission to support teachers in finding their best work life and home life so that they can live their best life. We would love it if you would share this podcast with a friend or take five minutes and write us a review so that more teachers can find us and join us in living inspired lives. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.